This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming 800-913-GOLD 800-913-GOLD hello america kim kardashian robbed of they now say 10 million dollars of jewels by gunpoint um Looks like um, the Swiss stocks are up the highest since Lehman Brothers because of Deutsche Bank. That is getting worse and worse. We keep our eye on it. WikiLeaks has canceled a highly anticipated Tuesday document dump that was supposed to reveal all on Hillary Clinton. But they say over security concerns, they're not going to release them, at least yet. The American crisis and... Do the ends justify the means? We begin there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Why do, we say, why do we say the ends justify the means? And why do we say it's wrong? The ends justify the means usually is said by people who say, you know, well, we got to get there. Somehow or another, we just got to get there, right? And so it doesn't matter what you do. But why do we say that's wrong? Why is it wrong that the ends justify the means? Well, because the means are sometimes... Uh, untenable for us. Sometimes the means are, the ends justify the means means that when you get where you want, everything you did in between was fine. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Right, like if you have to, everyone has to pay their mortgage. But if you rob Kim Kardashian at gunpoint and steal her jewelry to do it, it's probably not good. Yeah. Yeah. Not worth it. And you could probably pay everybody's mortgage several times over for a very long time. And that might be feel great. But again, right. you don't do it because the way you did it is, is untimely. I have a different, because that's where I've always looked at it. And I have a different, I have a different, I had a different thought yesterday. And I want to share this. Let's start here. Are you better off today than you were eight years ago? In what way? Oh, good question. In any way. Um... Uh, let's see. Financially, being set up. I feel like I'm being. No, no, no. You're not. This no. is. I, I just, there always. No, no, no. This is just. A, this is just. A, I, I, I am going someplace, obviously, but I don't know necessarily the answers. I know my answer, but you guys might find flaws in it. So, are we better off than we were eight years ago? On an individual basis, you're talking about. Are you talking? Or as a nation, as individual, a nation. anyway. As a nation, certainly not. No. Absolutely not. But a number of people individually are. Yeah. 
a number of people are also worse off. Are you? A lot worse off. Are you? Blacks. Are you? I would say no. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, you go back to eight years ago was we were just about to hit the, the cliff of the financial crisis Correct. eight years ago today. Correct, yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the, that was a terrible era financially for the economy. And, you know, while, you know, we've, I mean, we don't need to go into the details of it. You're not looking for a detailed financial yeah. answer. But, I mean, they, it, you know, it's so, changed. So yesterday I just made some notes on just having some stream of consciousness. I just wrote some stream of consciousness notes. And I think I disagree with what I answered last night in my notes. I wrote, as a nation, no, clearly. But I'm not sure that's even true. As a nation, we are worse off, you mean? Yes, Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. And you're not sure that's I'm true. I'm not sure that's true. And let and and listen and and just hear me out here for a second. All right. Are you better as a man or a woman or a mom or a dad as a family? Are you better off as a family than you were 8 years ago? Are you a better man than you were 8 years ago? Wow, you guys can't answer that. I don't know. I don't like to do that kind of introspection. <laughs> it's way too shallow. I like to judge Jeffy <laughs> yeah, instead I, of judging ourselves. <laughs> uh, I, am a, I am more of a freak than even I know. I know no, I'm a freak. I, I just don't like That's hard to judge. I don't. I try. I mean, you I try to be a better person. Oh, my gosh. Come on, guys. You're much better than you were. You're much better than you were. I think, I, I think in some Absolutely. ways we're more aware certainly we're more yes you're more educated probably you not not pat pat was like pat knew the constitution before you know uh, before it was cool before 2008 yes Yes, he knew the constitution i mean i think we've tried to improve ourselves in those ways i mean i feel like sometimes uh you know i i feel more um less optimistic about the world and i don't like that about myself and Mm so that makes me in all of the ways that really count when, it, when you're talking about, because look, our house, our finances, all of that stuff. And, and I know I'm going to say this and people are going to roll their eyes and go, well, that's just a guy who's got money saying that. No, this is coming from a guy who's lost everything in his life. I lost everything in my life. And my kids always make fun of me. They're like, Dad, will you stop saying enjoy it while it lasts? And I've done it for years. Enjoy it while it lasts. All the time. Right. And they say to me, Dad, why do you say that? Because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could lose my job tomorrow. I, you know, the world could blow up tomorrow. Whatever. It just, it could be like this for the rest of our lives in this special moment. But enjoy the moment. And don't worry about tomorrow. Whatever comes tomorrow, we'll enjoy that moment. I didn't have that perspective. Totally. Eight years ago, because I didn't know what was important eight years ago. Eight years ago, I hadn't done the introspection on what are you willing to live for? Really live for. Everybody will say, what are you willing to die for? Okay, I don't know if we all know what we're willing to die for until they put the gun to your head. You know what I mean? You don't know what you're willing to do. You don't know who you are. You don't really know what you'll do until that moment. So... What are you really willing to live for and dedicate yourself and risk losing it all? I know that. I didn't know that eight years ago. I thought I did. In theory, I did. But I'm, I am, and I contend, 
almost everyone in this audience is better as in some form of their life. We immediately say, are you better off than you were eight years ago? We immediately go to finances or whatever. Yeah, and say no. And we say no. Why is that our immediate? Because we have made everything in our life about politics. And in the end of our days, we won't think about politics for a second. Unless we're thinking this. Why did I waste all of that time and energy on that? Yeah. Pat said to me uh, forever, Glenn, you got to find joy. And I'm like, I'm trying to to learn all this stuff. And do you know what? I'm just starting to find joy, even in the learning of all the stuff I don't want to learn. You got to... Let me ask you this. I want you to right now think of the best time in your life. The time that you think those were the days. Did those days that you just thought of revolve around success and money? Or did they revolve around happiness? And I would venture a guess that most people's best times were in the hardest struggle. Is that true for anybody? Yes, Jeffy? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Pat? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In the best struggle, in the biggest struggle, I wouldn't want to go back to those days. I don't want to go back. But those were, and why were those your best days? Because you found out who you were. You, you conquered something. You stretched. They were so hard because you, you might have, I mean, one of the best times of my life, I think of a few best times of my life. The first one best time of my life was when I moved to Washington, D.C. I had never lived in a place without mountains so I couldn't even get around. I was so lost without mountains because I had no direction. I had no internal compass. And I would get lost all the time in Washington, D.C. Not a place you want to get lost in. I was completely alone. No one, no one in my family lived past the Rocky Mountains on the western side. I'm out by myself. 18 years old, at one of the biggest radio stations in the country. I don't know a soul. I'm making very little money. I live in this apartment building that I don't know why I always live with like elderly people. But I was like, I think it was like almost a nursing home that I moved into. I found out afterwards. Affordable. Yeah, it was affordable. I move into this place. There's no one my age. There's there's nothing I had a box, an apple crate box. If anybody from the West remembers Peaches Record Store, they would sell the record box in Peaches. And so I had a Peaches crate, a small little 12-inch black and white television set, a chair, and beer in my refrigerator. That's good living right there. That's good living, right? I remember that as one of the best times of my life. Now, what the hell is... What, do you remember what that was like? 
No, I don't. What I remember is I conquered it. It was new. It was discovery. It was freaky terrifying. But I made it and I discovered who I was. This is, those are the times, the times we struggle. I promise you this. Should you choose, this will not only be the one of the, remembered as one of the best times of your life, right now. But should you choose, it can be one of the best times of your life right now. If you have the longer term perspective, I haven't even, I haven't, man, I've, I've got three pages, and I just have the first two bullet points. This might take us all day to get through, but I think you're going to like the perspective. I think you're going to, because it ends with a new answer, for me at least, on why the ends don't justify the means. Glenn Beck. Want to see Glenn live? If you're coming to Texas, you can. Join us at Mercury Studios in Dallas for a taping of Glenn's television show. To reserve your seat, email tickets at glennbeck.com with your information. That's tickets at glennbeck.com. Mercury. Regardless, whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming 800-913-GOLD 800-913-GOLD this is the Glenn Beck program we have so much to talk about uh today um but let me uh, let me just start where where we started Why do we say it's wrong to believe that the ends justify the means? Are we better off than we were eight years ago? I I believe that we are, but not in anything having to do with politics. It is that, that moment in your life where you really struggle. You have money pressure, fear, loneliness, desperation. But unless you become something that you're not... Unless, unless you become a thief, unless you become something that you're not, you will look at those times with favorable eyes. The times when you really struggled because you made it even though you thought you couldn't. But if you become those things that you're not, if you said, I'm going to take the easy, I'm going to, I'm going to steal. You will look at those same times. I don't know why I gestured towards yeah. Jeffy on that. But, I that. Um, Is there an amount? You, 
um, you will look back on those times as the worst time of your life because you made a tragic mistake. Next question. Does God need America? I used to believe in, in, in some ways. Yeah. If not us, who? But does God need America? Yeah, it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's absolutely the other way. But a lot of people will say, yes, he does. Why? Well, to do good. Who is there to do good? But based on how you answered the first question, are you better off than you were eight years ago? If you said no as your knee-jerk response, then your focus is, is really on doing well rather than doing good. Your knee-jerk reaction was... No, we're not better off because look at our finances. Instead of saying, yeah, are you kidding me? Look at, look at the number of people who have, who have rooted themselves in something deep. I've prayed like I've never prayed before. I've served like I've never served before. And I've seen service and I've seen people. People are becoming heroic in many ways over the last eight years. Never seen that before in my life. If your knee reaction was that, then yeah, then yeah. We are a nation that does good. But right now we're a nation that says we do good because we send our military. In other words, we do good by proxy. Or we send our money. We do good by proxy. Right now, we live in a nation that is concerned with doing well and not doing good. And you know it because how many people say, I deserve it. It's owed to me. If I can take it, it's mine. They won't even notice if it's gone. How many people are willing to live off of the, the sweat of the brow of someone else? How many people are just willing to take it? I saw a video this weekend. Uh, a guy put, uh, did a social study and put a cell phone down. And he would go to park benches and park picnic bait tables and in cities. And he would just put his cell phone down. And then he would lay his head down on the picnic table. Or he would set it a little bit away from him. And then he would pretend he was falling asleep. You wouldn't believe the number of men, women, black, white, Hispanic that just came and took his cell phone. Really? I mean, I was just, I was shocked at how many people would just come up, a sleeping guy, and just take it. And normal-looking people. You don't know if the phone belongs to that guy. (laughs) No, it doesn't belong to you. Yes. (laughs) You know it doesn't belong to you. You mentioned stealing something with a GPS device, and it's never a good idea. I know. I was thinking, what a dumb thing I'm real dumb. Real dumb. What are you going to do with it? Make free phone calls? (laughs) So how can a nation do good 
with the attitude of, I've got to do well. We can't. We can't. You can do both, can't you? So, yeah, you can't yeah, do good and do well? Oh, you can. You can. But not if your attitude is, I've got to do well, ends justify the means. So what changes that attitude? Back in a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Do the ends justify the means? Our knee-jerk reaction has always been, I don't know if it still is, but our knee-jerk reaction is has always been, no. Why? Again, the typical response, mine response up until really yesterday when I started thinking about this was, was well, because the, the means are usually bad. They're usually violation of things that you would just never do. But that is... Well, that is true. That's not entirely the reason. I asked you several questions. Does God need America? Why would God need America? Well, to do good in the world. Well, are we doing good? Are we just focused on doing well? Are we all saying, are we all saying we've got to save the nation for the freedom of all mankind? Is that, I know we say that, but is that our primary thing? Or is our primary thing because we're going to become slaves? We're going to be, we lose America. God only knows what we slip into here. And is our primary focus, even coming up several steps above that, we're going to lose our job. We're going to lose our, our, our banking. We're going to lose our money. We're going to, we're going to lose all kinds of things. My house. Can we do good and do well? I think you can. But you've got to focus on the good, not the well. So what changes, what changes a person to their core? Somebody who is just focused on all the wrong things. I can only speak from experience because that was me. 20, 22 years ago, focused on all the wrong things. What changes a man? I contend it's humility. Being humbled. Losing absolutely everything. Hitting rock bottom. What changes an alcoholic? What Anybody who's ever done missionary work, what changes people? You have a hard time getting past those really nice gates of those... Nice communities, even though you know the people in those houses, many of those houses are miserable. But they're, they're locked to those houses in velvet handcuffs. They're not willing to listen to the gospel. Why? 
because their life is going pretty darn well. And yeah, they got some problems, but they can make those problems go away with spending or booze or whatever. And the world is telling them that they're doing really well, so why change? You ever try to change? You send a missionary and you say, I want you to go to a very poor section or a very rich section. Which one do you want to go to? They will all say the poor section. Because you have to hit rock bottom. Now, here's the thing about rock bottom that most people don't understand. We all have a different rock bottom. And you can't save somebody from hitting their rock bottom. They have to find it themselves. And some people, that rock bottom is death. Some people, their rock bottom is an uncomfortable experience. And it goes in between those two things. Ooh, I didn't like that feeling. I'll never do that again. That's their rock bottom and they change. Most people have a really prolonged, traumatic experience. And only a prolonged, traumatic experience will change them because it takes a long time to reevaluate and say, okay, I've tried to dig myself out of this hole in a hundred different ways and I can't get out. Before you're humble enough to say, I have no answers. But then, it's not just humility It's not just admitting that you have no answers. You then have to have something else. You have to want to change. This one is big. Change is really hard. Why? It's not just the change of diet. I got to lose weight. I know, change is really hard. That's really hard because it's a habit. Going and not smoking anymore is a little more intense because it's not only habit, it also changes and affects the places that you go. People you talk to. The people you talk to, uh, the people you hang out with. It starts to change everything. When you really change, you lose everything. You lose friends. You lose sometimes jobs. Sometimes you even lose family members. But let's start with the friends. As a recovering alcoholic, why do you lose friends? I lost friends because many of my friends liked me the way I was. Now, why is that? Let me back up. Real profound change comes with losing everything. Is this what Jesus meant when he said, I'm coming with fire, I'm coming with a sword, I'm going to pit fathers against sons? Because none of that sounds like Jesus. None of that sounds like the happy guy. I'm coming with a sword? I'm coming with fire? I'm going to pit families against each other? That's not Jesus. Jesus is the love guy. Jesus is the, I mean, he's the exact opposite. What he meant, I think, is you're going to want to change and everything around you will not want you to change. And your friends sometimes don't want you to change. Anybody who's had a conversion to Christianity, your friends don't want you to change because you're not fun anymore. Well, what do they really mean by that? 
you're not fun anymore. You're not fun. <laughs> you're not doing the things that society deems as fun. Right, but, and you and your regular state are not entertaining to them at all. Right, right. And they're not entertaining to you. When right. they go out and get drunk and you're not drunk, you're like, ooh, yeah, you're all this isn't fun. You guys are other. stupid. That's, you're all enabling each other. That's what you do. Correct. And you, for instance, let me use this as an example. I can't speak for others. Let me speak for me. Why was I so upset at Ted Cruz a week ago? When I boil it all down, it's because I wanted to believe that somebody could go to Washington and they could make it. That's why I'm disappointed. It's not the loss of anything other than the example to the country that you can make it. It's a loss of hope. And in many ways, this is why people don't want you to change. They don't want you to sober up. They don't want you to become a Christian. They don't want you to try to lose weight. They don't want you to do these things. Because that requ- then they say, well, if he could do it, I could do it. Well, if he's happy, then I could be happy. I don't have to live in this. With that example, it shows that you can do it. Somebody is out there doing it, and it implies Maybe you can, too. Maybe you should make some changes, too. And most people reject that, shun that, mock that, want to destroy that because they want the, they want the bar a little lower. They want the hope a little easier. This is why the world is against you. 10% of the population... Are leaders. But out of that 10%, at least 50% will lead you in the wrong direction. I watched, I watched a documentary today about the Aryan Brotherhood in Texas. These guys are leaders. My gosh, are they leaders. And they, they know where they're leading people. 10% will lead you in the wrong direction. Now, that's an extreme example. But, uh, sorry, 5% of the, uh, of the population will lead you in the wrong direction. You're in the World Trade Center. There were those leaders on the floor that said, everybody out now. They knew. There was also 5% that said, guys, guys, it's no big deal. He's panicking. So it's up to the remaining 90% to decide which one do I follow because 90% of the population are followers. Judas, Saul. They were popular in the mass because they didn't require you to change. Saul didn't require, require the Christians But he let everybody else know, they're crazy, they're wrong, I'm going to get them. And so he became popular. Judas, Judas wanted change in another way. Barabbas, he wanted revolution. It's really easy to blame other people other than 
really diagnosing the problem. And it is even more difficult to correct the problem than it is to diagnose. And it's almost impossible to diagnose. And to heal a big problem without a scar is also damn near impossible. And we're told scars are a bad thing. I'm getting to do the ends justify the means. We're told that scars are a bad thing. But a scar is a sign that you survived a battle. If you're going into battle, do you want to go with a guy who is all jacked up, has calluses on his hands, has smells like gunpowder, has a little has a little uh, gun oil all over him and has been into battle and might be scarred over his entire body? Or do you want to go into battle with a guy who looks like me, who could talk a good game? I'm going with a guy who's got scars. Why? Because he has fought and he has learned. Those scars say, I survived, and boy, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Don't don't forget that it's a good thing to focus on the scars. To, no, sorry. Don't forget it's good to notice the scars, but focus on what the scar taught. Struggle makes us stronger. Even in exercise, when you exercise every day, you hurt the next day. But everybody says, oh, I hurt, but it's a good hurt. It's a good hurt. I believe our souls and our spirits are the same. When you exercise and you push it hard, it's a good hurt. Don't fear the trouble ahead. Prepare. Know that you're going to get scars. And put armor around your heart. Meaning, don't let the, don't let the scars harden your heart. Know in advance that everything in the battle will try to get you to harden your heart. That is when you will lose. The ends justify the means. We take that because we say it's a shortcut. But I believe shortcuts weaken a man, a family, a community, a nation, humanity. The ends don't justify the means just because they're wrong, usually, the means. But because it's a shortcut and it stops you from learning, it robs us of all we need to learn to be the man we need to be to move forward. Because there's another battle coming after this one. And what is it that shortcut is going to stop us? Tarp. That was a shortcut. The ends justify the means. I've got to betray the free market system to save the free market system. We didn't learn anything from it. 
If we can all just get to a place to where we can say, I am not the man I hope to be. I'm not the man I need to be. But I am not the man I used to be. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury One is providing Thanksgiving meals to the flood victims in Louisiana. There are so many people that have nothing in Louisiana. Our goal is to raise $90,000 by October 15th to feed 30,000 people a hot Thanksgiving meal. Uh, To donate, if you would like to, go to mercuryone.org. That's mercuryone.org. 144,000 FEMA applicants have filed for flood damage claims. Uh, 109,000 homes were flooded. Uh, it is it is horrible, horrible. We would like to try to feed a hot turkey dinner on Thanksgiving to 30,000 people in Louisiana. Donate, help them out, mercuryone.org. That's mercuryone.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Apparently, uh, there's Muslims that are enraged that a small town in Colorado, the Christians there won't sell any of their property to the Muslims to build a mosque. Oh boy, sounds like the free market system to me. Sounds like we should destroy the free market system to save the free market system. Uh, We'll get into that. Also, German politicians now are beginning to accuse us of economic warfare against Deutsche Bank. Gee, who predicted that one Mm. happening? And uh, Donald Trump and his taxes. Does it make a difference? I have a very different point of view that I haven't heard anybody uh, say, and it has absolutely nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do even with Donald Trump. I'll give it to you, beginning right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we have won. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me just... Let me just say this. It's pronounced Gina. You saw Saturday Night Live over the weekend. Alec Baldwin now is has signed on for the year to just do Donald Trump. Um, just the clips that I saw looked like a really... Did anybody see it? Did yeah, I saw watch it. anymore? I saw it. Yeah. 42nd season. Yeah. Wow. How old is Lauren Michaels? Like 
8,000? Yes, he's exactly yes, 8,000. Seriously, I mean, he's been there for 42 years. Yeah. Um, I saw his movie that uh, just came out uh, over the weekend, the... Oh, what was the what's the movie where the the guys they go and they rob the armored car? I, the biggest heist, seventeen million dollars. Come on, uh, you guys haven't seen that? No. With uh, Owen Wilson, you haven't heard about it. Owen Wilson is in it, and uh, and uh, Masterminds. Zach, yeah, Masterminds. Yeah, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. It's oh super, my yeah. gosh, is that funny? Is it good? Oh, really? Really. Really, really funny. I did see a preview of that. It looked pretty good. Yeah, it's really, really funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't know that it was Lauren Michaels. I would have thought immediate disaster. Yeah, I was avoiding that, like the Black Plague. Yeah, no, I thought it was really funny. Wow. I really liked it. Tanya really liked it. Also saw um uh the oil rig. Oh, Deepwater Horizon. Really good. Really? I wanted to see that. Really that looks good. good. Yeah, really good. It was uh, mm. Mark Wahlberg. Uh, finished number two, 20.6 million. What was number um, one? Number one was uh, Miss, uh, whatever. Oh, Miss Home Peregrine's for Prince. or whatever. Yes, oh, saw that with the kids. You saw three, you saw three movies, movies this we weekend? Went to, we went to a double feature, and then I had to take the kids. So, yes, it was a big movie. What the heck? I know. I don't think it's movie. it's not notable that you saw two at once. I mean, it's uh, the point is you saw three. There's that, yeah, I know. oh, I went to a double feature. Well, that's two. That's, <laughs> that's a, this is not 1958. <laughs> there are no double features. You just paid for <laughs> two tickets. Double feature. <laughs> Tonight we're showing this Peregrine's <laughs> famous kids and Deepwater Horizon. <laughs> That doesn't happen anymore. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> so masterminds at Deepwater Horizon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit make a little yeah. bit more sense. Okay. Uh, but yeah, masterminds. But I saw what what is the name of that? Miss Peregrine. What is Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Peculiar Children? Really good. Yeah. Twenty Three really good movies. Wow. Twenty eight point five million Great. for that one. Deepwater Horizon twenty point six. Then it was Magnificent Seven, Storks, and Sully. Six for Masterminds, $6.6 million. Magnificent Seven's pretty good. I no. saw that a couple weeks ago when it came out last week or something. Yeah. You didn't like it? Uh, I'm a, such a fan of the original. You liked it. Yeah. The, your it is good. Movie. It's good. It's just, Tanya had never seen the original. It was and just, so she was like, I thought it was pretty good. You know, she, she didn't love it, mm-hmm. um, but she thought it was pretty good. Um, I saw the original, and I think the original is much better. But I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Sully, you saw Sully too, didn't you? Yeah, boy, that's uh, that is that is the one of the best five minute movies <laughs> jam packed into a hundred minutes I've ever seen. I liked it. I thought it was good. I mean, oh, it, really? You didn't like it? It was okay. It was just there. There was really there, there was not enough huh. conflict. Conflict. I think that was the issue that because yeah. we saw this when when, the, when we watched the trailer initially yeah. on Pat and Stu. Yeah, it sounds like they manufactured the conflict. Yeah, yeah they did. because they like did. my my I we were there. Yeah. We were in uh, our offices, 34th floor of a building in New York City, and we, you'd look out the windows of where we did this show in New York, and you could see the Hudson, and I couldn't quite see the plane, but I could see the boats pulling up to the plane and uh, taking people off of it. That's how we were in the middle of that story. We were at work when it happened. And plane was I, just blocked. Like the tip of the plane, you could see, and the plane was actually blocked by the building in front of us. Right. So but it was, we, we were within blocks of it. He landed a freaking jet in the middle of this river, and it was right outside our offices. So we were in the middle. We followed that story closely at yeah. the time. And I, and I believe that the, all the stuff in the movie, the conflict of, well, we're not sure if it is all 
It's all yeah. manufactured, right? I it's got really kind of weird. And that's what I was saying. It's, it's like because we we watched that story, and I don't remember any of anything other than this guy was a hero. That's because, because there wasn't right. one till now. Right. Um, and it's in the movie. It's like, well, maybe he was drunk. Yeah. Maybe, you know, like and maybe he could have gotten to LaGuardia. Right. Oh, like, and they're showing he just that. wanted to practice his water landing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm going to just land in the Hudson today because it'd be fun. Right. <laughs> and it shows in the movie, it shows these anchors. And I don't remember any anchor. I think the, in New York, the, the anchors would have been hit with rocks in the head. They, they, <clears throat> they're, you know, standing on the side of the, you know, in front of his hotel saying, uh, uh, this is this, this just happened in. We thought he was a hero, but now we're not really sure. <laughs> he may have just wanted to go scuba diving and kill every passenger on board. It was like crazy. It is an amazing story, but you're right. Like to, to not to, enough conflict. To draw out the conflict for a movie length feature, you had to seemingly create things that maybe were thrown out there by somebody. Yeah. Maybe in the investigation there was a question. But it was not the focus. Yeah, the investigators like, really denied pretty strongly yeah. that that any of that took place. They're like, yeah, and it's really we never said that. I know it's really quite bad because it makes the government again. It makes the government just look, look bad, horrible. Which is you know, makes the government right. look like and big business colluding to try to blame it on the little guy so they could get away with whatever they wanted to get away with. That being said, I thought it was still a good movie. That was good, but it but it was a movie. Yeah. Yes. It was a movie. Okay, so. Trump's tax returns, they still have not been released, but the New York Times published uh, tax returns dated 1995. And in it, it shows that he lost almost a billion dollars in one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allowed him to not pay. That's the speculation. Right, they don't know for a fact because they haven't seen those returns. But they speculate right. well, the, the, it's it's a loss so big he could have written that off for the next yes, which you do the way that works. Yes, three years previously and fifteen years into the future. So, like, if you lose nine hundred sixteen million dollars, it's a way to like open up, uh, you know, n- normalize your income. Because so, if you have one horrible year and then you make some money next year, you shouldn't have to pay taxes because you've are you lost a bunch of money last year. You're still down overall. Is the is the way they look at that, right? Um, which is actually and this is something that the average sensible. person can do. It's not just a rich person thing, uh, right? It's just you that don't. No one has the money. Nobody to, has the average. Money. Uh, poor person doesn't lose nine hundred and fifty. No, no, but you don't. I don't think. I think you could. You uh, could do that. I think you could do that if you lost your job. I'm I'm not sure, but I think if you've lost your job, and um, and then you had a really bad couple of years, you can then you can go back and say the last three years have been hell. And you can actually I mean, I lower know. your tax I think rate. it's a business thing, and I think your business has to have lost money. But you can do it also with it, or yeah, investment losses, so. for example. If you take a large investment loss one particular year, you can say, um, well... This is why it's usually a rich person thing. Yeah, because you, right. you have to have people Because you have to it. have yeah. these losses. Right. But also, if you take a large investment loss, like you sell stocks, right? And you sell them at a very low point, and you take this big loss. You can offset other investment gains in other years... Because, yes. you know, it's, you sell your of, it's an unfair calendar thing, basically. Yeah. It's like, well, if I happen to do it in this one year, I get killed. And then the next year, I'm a little bit up and I get taxed again. Right. You know, it's a little bit ridiculous. And a lot of that stuff, all, a lot of that stuff is completely rational. Yes. It makes sense. And it's legal, yes. by the way. No one yes. is even arguing, including the Times, that it's illegal. Nope. So I don't even have a problem with uh, Donald Trump doing it, if he did it. 
it, it is he did it legally. Assuming he did it legally, there is some question about because he uh, they call it debt parking, which is like you can have because uh, if if you have a bunch of debt like that, nine hundred sixty million dollars, and um, someone someone uh, forgives the debt, you have to claim that as income. So if someone says nine hundred sixty million, ah, you don't have to pay it. You can't just, oh, well, everything's wiped off the book. You have to take as income the $916 million and then pay taxes on that $916 million. So one of the things some illicitly uh, people do, um, or in the fringes of the law, is to take it and have a third kind of offshore company come in and say, well, we'll take on that debt and then never try to collect it. So the money just sits in that offshore company and sits there forever and there's never any there's never anyone who attempts to collect the debt, so therefore it's never forgiven, and no one ever pays it. No, there's no accusation he did that, is there? Well, this is what the speculation is. If you had additional tax returns, I mean, I, I brought. It's interesting because everyone's like, "Well, look, we, you know, he didn't really want to release his tax returns because he wanted to show he never paid any taxes." Well, what was his before the tax returns even came out? He was asked about this and just said, "It makes me smart." And then everyone went around and said, well, you know what? We have uh, this guy's a genius. He's a tax genius. He's avoided all these taxes, which whatever everyone wants to do, which, of course, by the way, is true. Everyone wants to avoid paying taxes as long as you do it legally. Um, So uh, that all happened. But he's never denied it. He never said that this was a problem. You have to believe by his reaction to this that this is not what he's hiding. He's proud of not paying taxes. Right. And honestly, as a businessman, that is a big part of your job as a CEO is to come up with the best tax strategy within the law to try to pay as little taxes as possible. It's your responsibility to your company. Yeah. Um, so it, this is not what he s- seems to be hiding by not releasing his tax returns. The yeah. idea that this is it is, is, you know, I think flies in the face of the fact that he's taken responsibility from it before there was any evidence of it. I mean, he came out right away and said, yeah, yeah, that makes me smart. So you have to believe that there's probably something else there. Um, What is it? We don't know. Um, But again, like if he's caught with something as simple as he's not as wealthy as everybody. That's what it is. That would almost guarantee you. Yeah, he would do almost anything to To avoid that image alive of who he is. Excuse me. Because I think you've got to believe that there's a big part of Donald Trump that is saying like, he wants to come out and say, I didn't really lose $916 million. Trust right. me. Right. I would never lose yes. that. I, this was just that I had to put that down because it was best for my business. But I would never. You know I would never lose that. That's got to be hurting his pride. Yes. Because the only thing we know about his business for the last 25 years is this one year where he got destroyed. You know, I, how you lose $916 million in a year like that, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, this is Casinos. after. What's that? For him, it's casinos. Well, but it was casinos. Uh, casinos he was running airport. money through the casinos because yeah. he was, his real estate empire was collapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, and, and, and the airline he, collapsed. The Democrats, airline. though, Democrats are spinning this as if, you know, he should have found a way to pay more taxes. He That's should tough. have. He he should he should love to pay taxes because that funds the military. That funds people's social security. That funds. Uh, shut up. Nobody wants to pay more taxes, and and the people who are bitching about it never do. Why why doesn't George Soros pay more taxes? Why why doesn't Warren Buffett pay more taxes? He used to no, complain the only all ones, the time he paid less than his secretary. Pay more then. Yeah, the only one, the only one that they close the door on are the up and coming yep. people. 
Yep. So the people who are breaking out, they're punishing those people. The people who already have a lot of money, those people aren't being punished. It's mm-hmm. those who are trying to build a business. And that's, that's the insidiousness of it. It, cl- it creates the wealthy get more wealthy. The people who have the kind of money that Donald Trump or George Soros have or the Clintons have. Um, and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And they are, they're, they've already got it. Now, the people who are building a business, they're the ones who are taxed. And their money is taken away when that money is, should be used to reinvest in the company. But it's not. Mm-hmm. And so they're creating these people who live like the Kennedys, don't really ever have to work. They live off their investments. They're not taxed for any of it. They can live like they live. The rest of us, anybody who's struggling or anybody who's trying to maybe someday get to that place, you are being stopped by the taxes. I'll tell you what concerns me about this and has nothing to do with Donald Trump. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. So I want. So I want to talk to you about uh, Donald Trump's taxes. Um, and in case you, in case you missed it, for what we know right now, there's nobody's claiming that he did anything illegal. It is a feature in the tax system, <clears throat> and if that's available to you, you should take it. It's not shady. And what that is is he potentially didn't pay taxes for for eighteen or twenty years. But that's because he had a massive... I don't think you can do it that long. He had a massive write-down. 15 years? 15 into the future and 3 into the past. That's so what it's 18 years. 18 years. Uh, but again, they have no evidence to support that other than the fact that he took a loss in one year. He may have but taken losses would. in every other year, too. Right. We you, have no idea. Right, but you would take that. I mean, if you had a you loss would? that big, you would take if you that. lost almost a billion dollars? you would take that. Of course yes. you would. And that is normal, rational, and everybody... Yeah. Everybody who would be in that situation would take it. But, right. And they, they're trying to say, well, it was immoral for him not to. He no, should have just started paying if taxes. You take, if, you have, if you sell your house and you have to sell your house at a massive loss, right. and then you have a good year the next year, then you should take that massive loss and use it against the, the next year. Because you just lost all that money. Right. And, and, it, and there might be a moral uh and I think there is a moral reason to help people. That does not mean there's a moral reason to pay uh, taxes into a system where they're going to waste it constantly. There is a moral you, reason to help people. Via the law. You right. have to follow the law. But it has nothing to do with taxation anyway. Exactly. You don't give it to the government to give it to somebody. You give it to somebody. Right. That's your moral obligation. So here's the problem with this. Because this is being interpreted, interpreted by many as kind of shady on both sides. Yeah. Okay. It's shady. A. From what I know about it, it is not shady. Mm -hmm. It is standard practice Mm -hmm. in law, especially in business uh, with tax law. Real estate. Right. Yeah. And real estate. It It is standard practice. So it's not shady at all. But people are 
people, some people, supporters are celebrating this, thinking that even if it is shady, he's smart. That's dangerous. The, 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 the celebration behind it, if you think it's shady, is dangerous. Because this is the beginning of burn the entire system down. This is the beginning of, if, uh, if I can get away with it, I'm going to. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. We, we should not be the kind of people of, if I can get away with it, I'll do it. Jeffy, say nothing. <laughs> um, we are, we are, as a nation, should not be celebrating that kind of attitude. But that's not, that's not the case here. Especially this is not shady. Those same people would be saying we're a nation of laws and that's why we've got to uphold the border laws. Well, yes. the same thing applies to taxes. Right. We're a nation of laws. If he did something shady, which is not even being um, thrown his way, he should pay the penalty. And we should not celebrate that as being smart. But this was not shady as far as we know. The Glenn Beck Program. So, I could tell you about how the German politicians are accusing us of economic warfare against Deutsche Bank. Remember, do you remember, you are the keeper of predictions. Uh, Do you remember I said at some point the politicians are going to blame us for their woes? At some point, when it all collapses, Mm -hmm. they're going to say it's America's fault. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's now beginning in Germany. And they haven't collapsed yet. Just on the whiff of here it comes, the politicians are now saying it's America's fault. They waged economic war against us. Mm-hmm. We are going to be the pariah of the world. Of the world. Yeah, I mean, Yay! Hey, that's another optimist. Would you like to talk about Kim Kardashian instead? There is something interesting about this. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, yeah, the Kanye case. West is the Really crazy, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Is he as rich as they say? I mean, is he piling in the cash? I don't know. Isn't he begging? He's begging yeah, Zuckerberg. He's begging, for begging Mark Zuckerberg for money, right? A billion dollars or something, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, it was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so um, he and uh, and Kim went to uh, some hotel in Paris for I don't know Paris fall fashion show or whatever. Well, Kim was there. He was there too, wasn't he? he was, oh, he I was thought he was at a concert in Paris. Where was he? Was the concert was concert in New York. somewhere else. Oh, the concert York? was in New York. Yeah. Okay, so he left the stage Correct. when this happened. But apparently, um, she was taken and and taped down. Right? She was. That's what they claim. Yeah, they I claim. mean, that's certainly what they claim. So but she, she was taken by two people who were dressed as cops. She opens up the door. They take her into the hotel room. She's taped down uh, and uh, and threatened, and they steal her jewelry. 
early on it was $6.7 million of jewelry. Now it's $10 million of jewelry. First of all, who travels with $10 million of jewelry? Oh, if I mean, if you have, does, it's Kim Kardashian, yeah, that, right? I mean, right. why? Well, she's at, you said she's at a fashion show or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Weak in Paris. Yeah, I, easily. I mean, they put one piece of those, one piece of that jewelry, you know, the crazy stuff they wear on the Oscars and everything else. Yes. There's going to be millions of dollars. Yeah. Right, so, so she's got 10 minutes. She's walking around. That's how she makes her money. I mean, uh, uh, she might not jewelry? make enough. Well, by promoting clothes, shoes, phones, hair, makeup, yeah. all of that. That's how she makes her money. She doesn't. She isn't on Instagram and social media just because she likes it. I gotta follow her. I gotta follow her just to see her stuff. I, I. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's an interesting. I mean, decision. I don't understand. I don't understand that world at all, at all. Uh, but anyway, so the interesting part about this now is he left the concert early um, to go be with her, and he stopped the concert and said. In the middle of a song. Family emergency. Family emergency. I'm sorry, I got to go right now. Just walked off stage. Um, and so um, the story is out now that two men dressed as police officers um, uh, broke in huge hall from a robbery worth up to now $10 million. Now, here's what's happened since. They won't verify uh, because a police spokesperson says uh, she was badly shaken but physically unharmed. She's just left Paris on a private jet. Um, the alleged robbery took place at 2.30. When the police said, or when the reporter said, what, what do you mean, the alleged robbery? They said, we use the word alleged because some have floated a theory that this may be an incident of insurance fraud or a publicity stunt. So far, we have no indication either way. Mm. I don't know. I mean, you wow, know, that would be There's a natural crazy. skepticism that comes in with Kim Kardashian. Because, you know, yeah, but a, that's prison time stuff. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, when you have a person who has had multiple large-scale Drama, uh, dramatic public events, many of which people believe were not uh, real or at least exaggerated. I mean, you expect people to speculate on that. Whether I don't know that there's any evidence. Like though. what? What is, the, what is she? What, what? I mean, this goes back to her. You know, for, she's famous because of a sex tape, um, which she had sex with some rapper, and it came out. And many people believe she's the reason it came out. Um, she got married to a basketball player who uh, very publicly that broke up within two months, something like that. Um, you know, other sisters have dated other high-profile people that they've got together and broken apart. You know, the, and of that's course... Just, that's not publicity. That's just stupid. Well, it might be. I mean, some people believe it, well, you know, it was just to get attention. Like, they, they, they live their entire lives to be famous for being famous, so you always need increasing drama. I mean, like, the, you know... Uh, I have seen several episodes of, uh, of of Kardashians, as my wife is a very uh, big uh, watcher. Um, and you know everything on the show is fake in Does some she way. Hold or you another. hostage during the show and um, and force your head to look at the television set. Look, when you're uh, look, huh. I might be it's weird. 
Sometimes when I'm studying an Excel sheet from the government about spending, uh, you know, you it's it, on the screen, and I, I absorb. You have to study it I in absorb, the same room. I absorb some of it. Just now, I'd like to yeah. be in the same room as my wife. Obviously, right. you know, we're spending quality time right. together. Me on spreadsheets, her Seems on the counterproductive when you're looking at spreadsheets <laughs> to have that distraction. But okay. yeah, really, yeah, <laughs> that's how I work. Yeah, um, but you know, like they, they, they are constantly. It's a, it's a reality show, so they're mm-hmm. constantly. Well, they probably did go on this vacation and they did say these things to each other. You always think, well, the producer said, okay, now you kind of like really act upset about this thing that this other person did. And so the fights feel fake all the time. So when something like this happens, which is obviously a major news story, a $10 million heist is not a reality show story. That is a major uh, news story. Uh, You know, I mean, it's a story that you make movies out of what's the one you watched this weekend how much was stolen in that movie it was a it was a 17 million 17 million they made a movie out of that yeah, it was the largest heist of cash in the american in american history. It was people you didn't even know about it was real yeah that was real based on a real story based on a true we got to get this guy on if we can we got to get the the real guy on the guy who zach was plays oh zach Galifianakis. oh my plays. gosh it's so funny I, I can't believe that that is true but he was the, the guy who had happened to he was a consultant on the movie he lives in florida now he, he oh, got really? yeah. He went to prison for I think ten years, got out, and uh, and he's fantastic. I mean, the, the movie is fantastic. I don't know about him, right? Um, but, but point is, that you have you have a sham, potentially sham marriage that brings a lot of headlines. You know, whatever. I think that's a sham. Kanye, Kanye. Yeah, the Kanye thing is a sham. I was going to say a previous one, the, yeah, the, the, best, oh, the, best the guy, guy from the was, Nets. Yeah. Um, that was very highly speculated on. Chris at the time. Humphreys, right? Chris Humphreys, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was highly speculated on at the time. By the way, it's interesting. You know that was that in one right of your off the top sheets? of yeah, your thumb. Was the Chris Humphreys stories in one of your right? Sheets? No, I oh, think okay. that was amazing. Uh, I think uh, the Drudge carried a few stories. Oh, okay. oh, it's actually worse. Kardashian's a better source. That's true. That's true. Yeah. What is the one today? There's a headline on Drudge today. Oh, Bill Clinton's has oh, yeah, a, a son. son that no one knew about until today. Apparently, okay, this is this is crazy. In case you don't know this, Bill Clinton went to this hooker and uh, <laughs> she became pregnant. This is back in the 90s or 80s, right? Yeah. Uh, and became pregnant. She had a son. They've been shopping this story forever. 20 um, years. 20 years. Now it is out on the front page above the fold. This is the big story on Drudge. At least I it was. Know. Uh, that Bill Clinton has a son. Is that I am Bill Clinton's son. Okay. Now, this was debunked about how long ago? About 10 years almost, ago? Almost, no, longer than that. Um, in 1999. 1999, it was debunked. It did a, it had a DNA. DNA test, and it was shown it that he was not, test. not Clinton's son. Okay, but, the, but what's in, important here is that Drudge couldn't have known that, um, that he l- led um, the... Uh, debunking of it with the DNA test on the front page of Drudge when it was announced. So <laughs> yeah. in 1999, he couldn't have known that he could never have he known. Could not have Drudge known. Report itself reported that there was a DNA test and it was uh, that showed it's that it was false. I mean, this shows how far that site has has come over the years. And now his because everyone's reporting. Hey, by the way, uh, Matt, you you, uh, you published the fact that there was a DNA test wow. that exonerated Clinton 20 years ago on your site. Uh, he's now put a new link up that says there was no DNA oh, yeah. test question mark with a link to Alex Jones. Oh my God! You want to talk about a site that has fallen through the the depths, of the very basement of hell? It is that one. I mean, because that is yeah, uh, it's embarrassing. I mean, you have it's to. I mean, what are you going to do to cover your tracks? I'm going to start watching the Kardashians. 
to cover my tracks. Apparently, you already. I started watching the show. I started watching the show last week. Rafe and I have, uh, and it's hysterical. It's called Brain Dead. It's on Amazon. Have you guys heard of it? No. No. It is. It explains what's happened to us. Okay. It, you, have you noticed talking to people on both sides uh, of political spectrum and listening to the people in Washington? It's like they're brain dead. It's like mm-hmm. they're not even making sense. And some they're just angry about everything. And what they're angry about doesn't make sense. And what they're saying to you makes no sense. Brain dead explains it. It's this series where... Um, uh, a, a meteor comes from the sky and, you know, those meteor crashes in, in Moscow, mm-hmm. remember in Russia? So the meteor crashes. The Smithsonian wants one of those rocks to study it. They study it, but then there's a government shutdown when it arrives. And so the scientists didn't get a chance to look at it. They just left the box open. Little did they know, rocks full of space bugs. <laughs> and the space bugs get out and they're going to try to take over the world. And the space bugs crawl into the politicians' ears, eat half of their brain, and uh, and take over their bodies. And so it's space bugs. And it is really, really well done, very funny, and uh, I think per- perfectly reasonable. Except- it is the best explanation I have seen on what's happening to our country. And half your brain be eaten by a bug and you're still alive. Uh, I'm not sure I buy that. Uh, obviously, I'm not yes. Sure I buy it. Well, Jeff, you have not Jeff seen the documentary. Medical yeah, evidence. Yeah, there are Way ten. There are ten hours of film proving that it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> can I go back to Kim Kardashian here for a second? Sure. How old is she? I don't know the answer to that. Got to be. Oh, it says right here. Late thirties. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. What happens to her as her as her fame dissipates? Well, they got generations of the Kardashians ready to pump, pump you through the next hundred years. Yeah, uh, you already got what Kendall and Kylie to, who are about. She's to, got that baby what, ready to go too. What happens to it. her when she's no longer the it? She turns into mom, right? I mean, mom does. This, that's what mom. Does. Exactly. That's what. That's what. What's her face? Uh, I can't think of her name. Chris uh, Jenner. Chris yes. Jenner. And yeah. so she is. She's the matriarch, and she yeah. runs lots of the businesses. She's and, the one that started it all with Bruce Jenner. I mean, that's what, what kicked this off. Exactly. And you think you think the kid, as as the kid of Kim Kardashian and Kanye, Kanye. West becomes... Was uh, North? North, I believe. Yeah. Northwest. Yeah. Northwest, yeah. Uh, becomes, uh, uh, he starts growing up. Margaret gonna... Sanger is making more and more sense to me. <laughs> Maybe there's just some people that are just so stupid they should not have children. You want, like, license or something? Yeah, we go right, right over, real Your last name's Kardashian? Ah, uh, no. Sorry. Yeah, I license. <laughs> <laughs> this week in Serials, we revisit our look at Hillary Clinton's scandalous political career. Listen live or online at glennbeck.com slash serials. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. I will be my Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. 
it is Monday. New poll out. A couple of weeks ago, I brought up a, a, a scenario with the electoral map, yeah. which would I don't think I hadn't seen discussed. And now Nate Silver, who is actually has credibility, is discussing it, which makes I don't know. It kind of means it's kind of interesting that space bugs. Garrett and it's space bugs. First of all, it's all based on space bugs. But secondly. Gary Johnson just came out in a poll where he he got twenty four percent in New Mexico. Wow! Um, wow! So he is was governor of that state. He's governor of that I state. Know, it's his home state. Yeah. But he could theoretically win the state of New Mexico. There's a path that happens if Trump does pretty well in the swing states, but is unable to win any of the reach states like Pennsylvania or Michigan or Virginia. He wins Florida, wins Ohio, wins Nevada, wins Iowa. Uh, a lot of those swing states. Uh, it would leave the Electoral College at Clinton 267, Trump 266, and Gary Johnson with five. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, look, it's a long shot, but it's not impossible. And in that way, it would go to the House where uh, the really Republicans would... Could he broker a deal? Could Gary Johnson say, I'll give you my five Electoral College, but I want this, like they do in a convention? I don't think no, so. No, the way that it would vote is no. each state... A delegation would have one vote yeah. and the republicans control more uh than half i think they control 32 or something like that so they so it would likely be the republican he wins yeah trump it, would be, wins it would be a trump in victory scenario. in that scenario wow um unless they folded and so or do switched. you think he's gonna win gary johnson's going to win he's got a shot i would say no he's still an underdog and it's still a long shot at some level but he's in the he's in the game there and if these debates get, get ugly any more interesting amazing back in a minute um the Glenn Beck Program. Words that could could have been written today, which weren't. We begin there right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we have one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. These, these are the times to try men's souls. The summer soldier, the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he who stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It's dearness, dearness only, that gives everything its value, and heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. I once felt that kind of anger, which a man ought to feel, against the mean principles 
that are held by our foes. A noted one, a guy who kept a tavern standing at his door with his beautiful child in his hand, about eight or nine years old, more beautiful than I'd ever seen. And after speaking his mind as freely as he thought was prudent, he finished with this unfatherly expression. Well, give me peace in my day. Not a man who lives on the continent, but fully believes that separation has to come at some time or another. It's going to finally take place. And a generous parent should have said, if there must be trouble, then let it come in my day so my child may have peace. Not a happy, not a place on earth might be so happy as America. Her situation is remote from all the wrangling world. And she has nothing to do with any of them but to trade with them. A man can distinguish himself between temper and principle. I'm confident. I'm as confident as I am that God governs the world, that America will never be happy until she gets clear of foreign dominion. She gets clear of all these wars without ceasing. All break out till that period arrives. And the continent must, in the end, be conqueror. Through the, the, the flame of liberty may sometimes cease to shine, but the coal will never expire. Don't tell me this is revenge. Call it rather the soft resentment of a suffering people who, having no object in view but the good for all, have staked their own upon a seemingly doubtful event. Yet it's folly to argue against determined hardness. Eloquence may strike the ear, and the language of sorrow draw forth a tear of compassion, but nothing can reach the heart that is steeled with prejudice. I've quit this class of men. I turn, I turn with the warm love of a friend to, to those who have nobly stood and are still determined to stand no matter what. I don't call upon a few. I call upon all. Not on this state or that state, but on every state. Get up. Lay your shoulder to the wheel. It's better to have too much force than too little when so great an object is at stake. Let it be told to the future world that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and repulse it. Don't tell me that thousands are gone. Turn out your tens of thousands. 
Don't throw the burden of the day upon providence, but show your faith by works that God may bless you. Doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what rank of life you hold. The evil or the blessing will reach us all. The far and the near, the home counties and the back, the rich and the poor, we're all going to suffer or all rejoice. The heart that doesn't feel it now is dead. The blood of his children will curse his cowardice. Who shrinks back at a time when just a little might, just a little, might have saved the whole and made them happy. I love the band that can smile in trouble, that can gather strength from distress, that can grow brave by reflection. Tis the business of little minds to shrink, but he whose heart is firm and whose conscience approves his conduct will pursue his principles to death. My own line of reasoning is to myself as straight and clear as a ray of light. Go ahead. Let him call me a rebel. Let him call me a traitor. I welcome it. I have no concern from it. I will not suffer the misery of devils were I to make a whore of my soul by swearing allegiance to one whose character is that of a sottish, stupid, stubborn, worthless, brutish man. I conceive likewise a horrid idea in receiving mercy from a being who at the last day will be shrieking for the rocks and the mountains to cover him and fleeing with terror from the orphan and the widow and from the slain of America. There are persons who don't see the full extent of the evil which threatens them. They take solace with hopes that the enemy, if he succeeds, will be merciful. It's the madness of folly to expect mercy from those who have refused to do justice and even mercy where conquest was the object. That's a trick of the fog of war. The cunning of the fox is as murderous as the violence of the wolf and you ought to guard equally against both. I thank God that I fear not. I don't see any real cause for fear. I know her situation well, and I can see the way out of it. By perseverance and fortitude, we have the prospect of a glorious issue. By cowardice and submission, the sad choice of a variety of evils, a ravaged country, a depopulated city, city, Habitations without safety, slavery without hope, our homes turned into barracks, body houses, and a future race to provide for whose fathers we shall doubt of. Look at this picture and weep over it. And if there yet remains one thoughtless wretch who believes it not, let him, him, let him suffer it unlamented. 
Thomas Paine, December 23rd, 1776, without comment needed. Now this, Deutsche Bank, 11th largest bank in the world, has assets of $1.8 trillion and over $60 trillion in derivatives alone. Deutsche Bank, their balance sheet is 50% the size of Germany's GDP. Deutsche Bank, too big to bail out, too big to bail in. The massive derivatives that it holds connects Deutsche Bank to over 200 financial entities. If Deutsche Bank falls, we all fall. We should have some global program to save it. To be able to prop it up. And you know what? Here's the latest. Deutsche Bank. $14 billion settlement on September 15th. Looks very similar to the $14 billion fine the EU slapped on Apple. Deutsche Bank is now, according to German Parliament, Parliament, they're saying now that the move against Deutsche that Americans did has the characteristics of an economic war, that the U.S. has a long tradition of using every available opportunity to wage what amounted to a trade war, if it benefits our own economy, he said of us. How would that benefit our economy? A trade war. A trade war. That would not help us for Deutsche Bank to go down. They're claiming right now that we, the politicians are claiming now that we have started a trade war. Excuse me? Wait until we start imposing tariffs. They're saying now that we are in a trade war. Why? Why would they say that? So the Germans have something they can point to that's not them. Nobody wants to take responsibility. So instead of saying, guys, you voted for it, you voted for us, you know we had this debt, you know we had these problems, you know our financial institutions were screwed, but we just kept going. And we told you it was okay, even though you knew it wasn't. But I can't blame you, the voter, and you certainly can't blame me. It's them. That's what's coming. As Deutsche, Bank, as Deutsche Bank goes, so goes the world, I believe. And it may not happen one right after the other. It, like it did with Bear Stearns, it might fall and about four months pass. And then the whole thing starts to collapse. But we are going to see this soon. I believe in the next term of president. I want you to be prepared, please, Call Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Do your own homework. You're smart enough to figure this stuff out. Read Goldline's important risk information. See if buying gold is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. We are the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
727 back. Yeah. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if you heard, but Cabela's has just sold to Brass uh, Bass Pro Shops. Say their name correctly, Bass. I can't. Pro I, they are, what the heck? That's un-American. Yeah, they don't like America. Yeah, That's why? What it is five point five billion dollars. I mean, they don't like America. They don't like America. I'm look. I'm a Cabela's man. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm a Cabela's man. I mean, I shop at Cabela's. I don't know that I've ever and been I to Bass Pro. I, mean, I just really? know I, don't I think like I've been it. in one, but I don't like. I'm a Cabela's man, and. You don't have seem to have any evidence as to why you're a Cabela's man. No, uh-uh, none. Well, I know I like Cabela's. Mm-hmm. They've always been good. But those bastards over at Bass Pro. <laughs> what did they do wrong? What did Bass Pro They're do? un-American. But why? The- They're not Cabela's. They're t- constantly trying to hurt Cabela's. <laughs> They're competing with Cabela's. Yeah, they just, they, just, they just bought them out. Tried to bury Cabela's. I will carry the Cabela's flag for all the rest of my life. <laughs> What are you, no a Soviet what the, spy or something? Yeah, what is wrong with you? What is the, oh, Bass Pro seems don't even very get, nice. I like Bass Pro. Oh, oh, wow. You're communist. You're communist? Is that what it is? I like you Bass hate America. You hate sportsmen. No, I like Cabela's, too. They seem fine, too. Bass, Bass, Pro. Bass, Pro. Bass Pro been trying to kill sportsmen forever. You know, these two have been against Cabela's. From the very beginning. beginning. Really no, you have no credibility on this one. I have no strong Drive them out of business. Why? Why? Pat got a phone call at his office the other day. Yeah, they, Bass Pro hasn't paid taxes in 25 years. <laughs> it's out there now. They should. They should. They should. They, they need to address it. They need to address it. It's out there. Yeah, it's out there. It's out there now. <laughs> Harry Reid called me in my office and he said, "Hey, Pat, big tip. This uh, is how. This is quite honestly. Bass Pro. This is how crazy our life has become. Yeah. The only thing I used to be like, like with this, is Coke." Coke and Pepsi. I think there is a difference. There absolutely. But, man, I will. There's a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far Coke superior. is far yeah. superior. No, but oh I, I don't like people like Pat, who are Pepsi I know. drinkers. I know. There's just something wrong with you <laughs> if I'm you barely. don't like Coke. There's just Big something go. wrong with you. Big and go. I raise my kids. We are Coke people in this house. We're Coke people in this house. Mm. Now, I do it kind of as a joke, but there's some, a little bit of seriousness in that as well. And I have absolutely no idea. But that's the way we are on everything now. It is. We are teams yeah. on absolutely everything. When you said Cabela's is being purchased by Pro Bass, I've never been to a Pro Bass shop. Bass, Bass Pro. Pro. Bass Pro. See, I don't even know the name of it, but I'm against it. Me too. Because <laughs> I'm a Cabela's guy. I like Cabela's. Those bastards at Bass Pro. Oh, boy, that's true. <laughs> There's a lot, obviously a lot of reasons for this, but it's interesting because... But, but most of it is not reasonable. It's not reasonable, right. But when it comes to politics, you know, they, they've been talking... They, there's been a lot of think pieces done, think thoughtful pieces, about how talk radio is, for example, to blame for the oh, rise shut up. Of, of Trump. Or that the GOP establishment is blamed for the rise of Trump. And, and there's elements of these storylines that are sensible and, and are interesting to observe. One of the things that no one seems to be interested to observe, though, is take the taxes, for example. The media came out and let Harry Reid do that. He came out and said, you know what? He's never paid any taxes. He never paid any taxes. This is the leader of the Senate. Came out and said he had never paid any taxes. He never paid any taxes. I can't believe how bad this man is. He's terrible. He's terrible. He's terrible. Um, And the media let him get away with it. Romney releases his taxes. Of course, Reid is proven completely wrong. Romney had been paying New York Times time. says he's lying. Times said he's wrong. The New York Times. There were Times. some that came out and corrected it. But yeah. the issue is Reed never paid a price for doing that. Right. Never. Never paid a price for doing that. 
And now when the media comes out and says, look, there's shady things in Trump's taxes, who's going to believe them? They sat there and let that happen in 2012, never made Harry Reid pay a price, treated him as an upstanding man of society, gave him a nice little toss-off to his retirement as if he's this respected figure after he tried to manipulate an election by lying to the public. So you're saying that there is something to... uh play a longer term game than just November to protect your credibility because that somehow or another matters? Amazingly, that is exactly what I'm saying. So yesterday I was on Meet the Press and um, Michael Moore was on before me and then me. And um, I tried to be nice. I tried to be, you know, the man I want to be, uh, the man I need to be. And I said, you know, there's lots of problems and, you know, one of them is, you know, people say that, you know, I helped create the atmosphere that created Donald Trump. I will take my share of the responsibility on that. But we need to all look at ourselves, blah, blah, blah. In the next break in the roundtable, they were talking about how, you know, I was interested to see Glenn Beck, you know, he he did take his, you know, he did take his fair share of of creating Donald Trump. Nobody said, you know, have we, have we done... No, that's and that's the same. I know, same and that's every a, single every time. time. It, every time. When will someone never? When they won't. have to? They won't. have to. They're not they, going to. They have to. They're not going to. The only way to save it is for to. us to to actually stand up, each of us, and say, "Okay, let's start over again. Let's just start over again. Let's start a fresh start." <laughs> I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want these troubles. Here's, I, I, I played a role too. We all played a role. Now, how can we work together to fix this? Right, obviously they're, you know, it's seemingly uh, their goals are not the same as yours. I think Pat no. said it best. But our goals, but our goals, our goals can be. It's cute that he thinks Our goals they, can they be though. universal. It's adorable. This they will a, get, I will adorable. tell you, they will get there. The question is, where is your rock bottom? You really think they'll get there? Depending on where their rock bottom is. I I did the opening monologue today in hour number one on, you know, your rock bottom. Some people, their rock bottom is death. Yeah. They won't get it even as they're dying. Some just don't like a little bit of pain. Depends on where everyone's rock bottom is. I'm hoping it's not at death. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BCK is the phone number. And, um, it's Monday. We hope, hope, hopefully I have Leon Wolf coming in here in a second. Leon is the uh, former editor of uh, Red State with Eric Erickson. Uh, just been hired by the Blaze a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Uh, and his first day is today. And love to get him uh, in here to give a lay of the land on and what he thinks is happening and, and what his view is on. You uh, want to give him a chance to get settled before he meets Jeffy? 
I think usually it's a better way to handle that. You know, you no, be- I mean, I've been reading the stories from Breitbart and other places. Uh, we may not have much time left. So. Oh, okay. I thought we were already uh, yeah. out of business, no? We were out of business two weeks ago, according to Breitbart, but, uh, well, that was the predicted date. They guaranteed that, that we would be out by Friday two weeks ago, right? Yes. Was that right, Pat? Yeah. So we're just on fumes now. Kind of on your previous uh, conversation about, you know, sort of liking Coke over Pepsi for no particular reason or yeah. Cabela's over Bass Pro Shops. Yeah. We see a lot of this, obviously, in politics where um, even people that you know in that are currently serving the Republican Party who don't like Trump and would love to come out and, and trash him or endorse Hillary Clinton because they're liberals. They've been liberals anyway. Yeah. Uh, they're not doing it because of sort of their teams. And you see a lot of the establishment people who have been, you know, Bush administration types that are no longer in government. They're all coming out and endorsing. You see Jeb Hillary Bush? Clinton. Yeah. Well, he didn't endorse Clinton, but he was whispering or mouthing Johnson uh, at yep. some and, event. And, and George H.W. Bush, former president, looks was like Clinton, he's going to yeah. vote Clinton. Michael Chertoff has now come out and said he is going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Chertoff, if you remember, was what was he the Homeland Security, Homeland Security guy. He's uh, the guy Bush. who came into our studio, mm-hmm. scared the crap out of me. This is like 2004. And this was pretty prescient, now looking back at it. I know. It, I mean. He came into my studio and he said, uh, I said, I was just starting to talk about cell phones and monitoring and stuff. And I said, do you carry a cell phone? Or no, no, no. Uh, email. Email. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you use email? And he said, <laughs> no. And I said, really? No email? And he said, no. And if people knew the truth about how easy it was to view email, no one would have email. <laughs> That's what he said. And we're seeing the uh, ramifications yeah. of that now, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, as, you know, we prepare for what what is touted as, and they tout these things a lot, and they don't really pan out, but touted as a major release from WikiLeaks yeah. coming later this week. I mean, t- coming tomorrow afternoon, they say it is one that will end Hillary Clinton's career. Fatal tomorrow, blow. Fatal blow to her career tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. He was supposed to announce it tomorrow in London at the Ecuadorian embassy. Um, on the balcony. On the balcony, like Evita or something. <laughs> yeah. But um, They're going to do it for uh, video now? Yeah, going to do it for video to Berlin because he said for security reasons he's not going to do it from the balcony. Um, quick thing on Chertoff, which is pretty amazing. Again, like a, a Bush administration official endorsing Clinton at this point isn't that big of a news story to me. I mean, a, a lot of them have done it. Um, but just their personal history. Michael Chertoff was the lead Republican counsel on the Senate Whitewater Committee. That's how far they go back. So, Whoa. I mean, was prosecuting Hillary, and we're going to do the, uh, the Hillary scandals this week um, and give you one more taste of that before the election. Um, so everyone knows our history very well. Uh, so I'd like to know what he is saying. Did he say why? Because he obviously knows how evil they are. Right. Thinks she, obviously thinks they're terrible. Um, and to say to how much animosity is between Hillary Clinton and Michael Chertoff, um, when Chertoff ran to be the uh, was appointed to be the uh, Justice Department's criminal head of the criminal division, uh, they took a vote on it. One vote went against Michael Chertoff in 2001 from a senator. That vote, Hillary Clinton, the only vote against him. When he went in 2003 to be the U.S. Court of Appeals, uh, he was nominated for the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. Only one vote went against Michael Chertoff. It was Hillary Clinton's vote. Wow. I mean, so they have a real history of animosity and not liking each other very much. And now Chertoff is endorsing 
Hillary Clinton for president. Um, he said over the weekend, he said, I, I realized we spent a huge amount of time in the 90s on issues that were much less important than, uh, than what was brewing in as terms of terrorism. Uh, he says for Clinton has good judgment and a strategic vision of how to deal with the threats that face us. Globalist. Oh, I don't believe that. Globalist. I don't either. But I mean, how does a, he believe that? That's crazy. I mean, it's got to be more crazy. He just thinks Trump's his worst. Yeah, he just he doesn't can't like Trump. Think, but that's right. crazy talk. You can't praise her like that. It's amazing. On anything. <laughs> say it again. What did he say about her? He said, I realized we spent a huge amount of time in the 90s on issues that were much less important than what we what was brewing in terms of terrorism. Stop. What we spent our time on in the 90s was defining or redefining character. I don't think that's more important than terror. I think he's wrong. We chose wrong in the 90s. We chose against character. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, he said uh, Clinton has good judgment and a strategic vision no. on how to deal with the threats that face us. Strategic Come vision? Come on now. Libya? Damn. Uh, Syria? <laughs> uh, arming the Syrian rebels, which turned into ISIS? Yeah, I- yeah her, her strategic <laughs> vision sucks. I am not endorsing Michael Chernoff's decision-making process here. What I'm yeah. saying is that it is interesting considering their animosity. I mean, remember... When a lot of these guys... So that doesn't make sense. Chertoff is smarter than that. So he's either a globalist or he thinks that Donald Trump right. is so outrageously dangerous. I think that's pretty... Uh, you know, I'm speculating. Let's get him on. Let's see if he says. Yeah, I, yeah. Get I'd like on. to see what his argument Because I'd like to say to him, come on, Michael. It's strategic vision? Yeah, are you just comparing the two? Because, I mean, look... I mean, this is what it, when it comes up with the uh, with the tax returns, for example. Barack Obama's tax returns, in essence, you, you shrug your shoulders at him, basically. What, what's going to be in there? I mean, it was never of interest to me, really, right. other than the fact that I kind of wanted to see what he gave to charity, which he did not before he was in the public eye. You want to see kind of what his history was. You learned something from that. The only reason you'd want Donald Trump to be president is because of how amazing his business acumen is. So he his tax returns are more important than probably any candidate because in they, history they yeah. verify they verify what, what he, says, he says his argument and i so i want to see it from that perspective um you know Chertoff, as a guy who's dealt with homeland security is is not going to be viewing it through the lens of trump's an amazing businessman therefore i want him to lead he's viewing it from perspective of well he's never looked at these issues before and and that scares me um you know and it's it, it should scare the hell out of everybody. And, and, you know, and Hillary Clinton's the, the, got the problem of stuff, is, obviously, the, we're gonna, you know, we've been covering. The problem is, with, with everybody's vote, and this is why we can't condemn people. Like, I can't condemn Michael Chertoff. Um, you know, he might be all about Homeland Security and have his reasons for doing this. And, you know, that includes Russia and, and everything else that might be happening. But he's not looking at the character Side, He said we were dealing with stupid stuff in the 90s. Well, you were part of it, and that's not stupid stuff. That was, er- that was character. If you could have made the case of their character and the American people made the case on character is important, we wouldn't be dealing with Hillary Clinton today, and we wouldn't be dealing with Donald Trump today. Some people might say character is the most important. Some people might say uh, the economy is the most important. Some people, whatever. We all, the, everything is on fire and so we're all prioritizing differently. You know what I mean? And you can't, I can't argue with you say, Glenn, the border and ISIS, the number one thing. Yep, yeah. 
But you can't condemn me on saying the economy and how that will be handled when there is a massive banking crisis and Russia and the role it plays. Your response needs to be, yeah, I know, I know, okay. Because they're all equally on fire. Everything is on fire. Our civility towards one, of, one another. If we don't have that, we're lost. Yeah, I know, I know. So who has more of those things? And how do you prioritize them? I don't know. Well, Chernoff believes that uh, Hillary has strategic vision. Mm. Chernoff is a liar. <laughs> he also did go on saying a lot of his complaints about Trump were impulse control. A guy who's he goes into a guy who's tweeting at three twenty in the morning about Miss Universe is not right. a guy I want. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we joked Just, about him tweeting in the middle of the night. You know, he'll will wake up and had to tw- had to nuke him. <laughs> Sorry, right. you know what that was? But I mean, you know what that was? Honestly, that was Donald Trump taking his phone or his iPad and going and sitting on the squatty potty. And reading tweets and seeing a bunch of stuff that this thing, and it, he just got pissed off. Yeah, and no as he was at the squatty potty, and he was by himself in his little golden throne room, and he tweeted those <laughs> things, and then he went back to bed. That's what that is. That's what that is. Can I, can I uh, uh, propose a policy, by the way, though? This is separate from this election completely. We shouldn't even take it up until November 9th. November 9th, we can all come together after this election is decided and pass a, a, a rule. That I think it's about time. Part of the financial disclosure for a presidential run should just be the tax returns. Yeah, I think we, so. we keep playing this dumb game every election where we're like, well, I don't know. They don't have to do it, but they should do it. Everyone has to do it, but they don't have to do it. Let's just make it part. They, they do yeah, because, have financial disclosures. We, Let's just make it part of it. Because we're keeping we're arguing the same case over and over again. Yeah, it's like, for instance, it's just a should game. your college transcripts be released. I don't really care. Yes, yes. Yes or no. Let's Whatever. just decide. Right. Let's decide. But, and I, this is why I would say, like, I would say the writings of Barack Obama were much more important to unearth. His college thesis, for example. Yes. Much more important. Hillary Clinton's college thesis, much more important than Donald Trump's. Because that's not, he, he, he's not running as an ideological candidate. He's running as a business guy. For him, his tax returns, I think, are important because it's interesting to look at how he actually built these things, how he structured them, what the truth was, because he makes claims all the time. I would like to look at those. He doesn't have to do it. However, I think maybe after this election, maybe we just revisit this and say, should you know have what? to do it. A should have to yeah, do it. Just and make B, him do it. Maybe we open that up to everybody who runs for Senate, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe this is a thing, like, if you're going to go and have to disclose this, you're, go, you're going to be going in the public eye. People should oh, be able I to do I have to tell things. you, I think it should be. Every member of Congress and everybody in the Senate should have to release them yeah. only because. Should we have Harry Reid's uh, freaking tax returns? Yeah. Yes, because we would know exactly how these guys get rich. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I want to I mean, know. I think that's in, because of the way these people manipulate the system for their own financial benefit. Yes. At this point, I, I, why don't, and this is a great opportunity is to show why this is BS partisanship. I mean, they want Trump's tax returns because they want to be able to exploit some issue about him that they probably would find in his tax returns. However, none of them would vote to be required to uh, give all of their own. Would Harry Reid come in and say, yes, I think all senators should have to do it? Of course not, because they want their own privacy. They don't want to have to be, uh, opened up to the same scrutiny as someone like Trump. But I mean, I think that's a, le- a legitimate standard. It should just be something 
you know, well, the other way to it's do it, up. the other way to do it, uh, you know, you can do that with president, but the other way to do it in Congress is um, uh, no insider trading. You have to live by the law that everybody else does. Well, I mean, that is. Uh, I mean, I can't believe how that can we, we don't not have that already. That's you know how we don't have it. They're all getting rich off it. Stunning, though. This it is stunning. Haven't demanded, demanded, and it's why the conversation we had last week about the convention of states is so important. It's the only way. It's the only way. They're never going to vote for crap that takes power away from themselves or money. They're never going to do that. I know they never will. You know, I mean, when they talked about when they talked to Gary Johnson about like what what government what leader do you like in around the world and his answer was i had an aleppo moment or whatever it was and he couldn't come up with any names except for no a, name no name the, the correct answer for gary johnson i think is look i am a libertarian yeah. the reason why i can't tick off 14 libertarian leaders from around the world is because there no one any. votes to take power away from themselves there yeah. aren't any yeah. when people get into power they vote to give themselves more power that's why i'm running as a separate candidate i'm running with a different vision of someone who wants to cut the government power there's be... no one in the world doing this that's and america's supposed to lead these movements not fall behind them Gary would should... have a much bigger percentage if he actually had said that. oh yeah I mean, well then oh he'd gosh. be a libertarian uh, Aleppo yeah. moment. he's not a libertarian right. i don't know what the guy is but he's not a libertarian i hate that when people say you can't be a libertarian unless you follow your own doctrine you know, a certain set of doctrine and principles. He is a libertarian. He's just not the libertarian as I define it. Well, no, libertarianism are, standards, is small though. government. He's not a small government guy in any way. He's not a libertarian by any definition. I, I don't even know how by his, because he's not. Anybody who agrees with a socialist on 75% of issues is not a libertarian. Guy's not a libertarian. Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven back. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program. Oh, my gosh. You're- Boy, have you, you, you guys seen the video of uh, the people beating this this woman up for a Trump sign in her yard? I refuse to watch that. I, I, oh, my gosh. I can't watch that. What is happening to us? So bad. These people, this, this woman is out in, in her yard, and these, like, four guys just jump out and just start beating this woman in her own yard for the Trump sign. It's like, what? Just clock her in the face and we've, we've seen this at rallies and this yeah is not the first i mean this has happened we are we're we have just we have lost 